Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to The Playlist Podcast, a weekly discussion of films and TV. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And of course, I'm joined this week by my co-hosts, Mike D'Angelo and Brian Farver. Are you guys ready to talk some awards contenders? Yeah, let's do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. That's right, folks. This week, we're going to discuss two films that are vying for trophies as 2020 comes to a close. Those films are Nomadland and Another Round. Both of these movies are arriving in select theaters this weekend and will be the topic of conversation in the weeks to come as awards organizations begin to announce their nominations and trophies are handed out. But before we get into the discussion of these fine films, I also want to mention that we just released a special episode of the Playlist podcast this week where we talked to director Darius Martyr about Sound of Metal. That's another film that's already earned some awards season chatter. And if you want to hear that podcast, all you have to do is check out the Playlist Podcast Network which includes The Discourse, Be Real, The Fourth Wall, and more. And as always, to find us, you just have to check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, or anywhere else that you find your favorite shows. Okay, so this week we're going to be discussing, uh, as I mentioned, two films that are going to be on some best of lists this year. And the first one is going to be Nomadland, directed by Chloe Jaw. This is a movie that stars Frances McDormand as a woman that has lost just about everything in her life after the passing of her husband and the loss of her job as her small town gets hit hard economically. She then just packs up everything and builds a makeshift RV out of a cargo van and hits the road. Along the way, she meets other nomads and hears their stories. The film is written and directed by Ja, who's coming off her acclaimed feature, The Writer, and has Marvel Studios' massive superhero blockbuster Eternals coming to theaters in 2021. That is, if movies ever go back to theaters. But let's talk Nomadland. This is a film that premiered at this year's Venice Film Festival and went on to win the coveted Golden Lion as the festival's best picture. Brian, go to you first. Does Nomadland live up to the hype? Is this the Oscar contender that everyone thinks it is? Absolutely. And I mean, to be honest, I hadn't heard of this movie until really not that long ago. And it probably was due to some article about the journals or something like that. But man, within the first five, 10 minutes. I mean, I knew what the plot was, but really very shortly after it started, I was, I was hooked. I, the concept of this woman just traveling, you know, traveling the country. I, I I've always been fascinated by people who, who do that. I, I've followed a lot of people on YouTube who, you know, subscribe to the van life and, a lot of other people, like there's some rock climbers I've followed who do a lot of dirt bagging and they kind of just travel around the country like that. I've always found that to be a, a super fascinating way of life. And this movie, which I also didn't know, actually features real life nomad nomadic people 
like some of Francis McDormand's characters' friends, I, I, they're they're all great. Um, McDormand, I guess what I can say about her is you really can't go wrong with Francis McDormand in a film. I mean, she's. <sighs> I knew she'd be good. I didn't know she'd be this good. She And it's cool to see a, an actress like that continuing to impress me, even after all the decades of accolades and amazing roles. Is this one of her best? Yes. I mean, her her face just looks so weathered, not just in the physical appearance, but you can tell that she's just gone through some stuff, man. And... You know, the interactions that she has uh, with those, like I said, those real life nomads and, you know, everyone around her, it always feels very natural to almost the point of it feeling like almost like a documentary at times. You know, that's not to say that it's a, an aimless, plotless movie, but it does have that sort of feel that goes with the character of, you know, just traveling, being on the road. Yeah, I, I was really impressed by this. I, I didn't think I'd get as sucked into it as I was. But you really take this journey with her. Like you said, she's gone through some horrible stuff, you know, in her recent past. And you're easily able to slip into her shoes. And again, I, I will owe all that credit to McDormand. Um, I, I, she, I want to interrupt because I, I think you're selling it as a movie that you obviously enjoyed quite a bit. But uh, to pull yes. back the curtain a little bit, we did talk about this off air a little bit. And you you said that you've actually seen this movie now twice, which mm -hmm. is the benefit of, of getting a screener at home that you can watch. So uh, <laughs> this is a movie that you really connected with. I, I don't know. You can maybe answer this. When's the last time you watched a movie, what, twice in a couple days? Oh, it's it's been a long time. And I think for this one, the reason why I wanted to go back was this, this has been a very interesting year with films that draw you in like sound of metal is another really good example of that. Uh, we talked about that very recently where it has that, that ability to put you in the main character's shoes. This is another one just like that, where it's, it's, I, I've said this about a few movies over the past few years. It's less a movie and more of an experience. And I think that's why I connected with it so much. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely something that I could see myself and my spouse doing someday, um, you know, just, just hitting the road like this, obviously, you know, long after the kids have grown, I, I don't know. I, I, any movie like this, that's able to, to bring me in, whether it's that combination of the great acting, the cinematography, I mean, the landscapes in this movie look amazing. You just, you feel like you're there. And I think that's, that's why I enjoyed this movie as much as I did. It's, I think that's where I, my tastes are starting to head towards. It's, it, it's not that I don't enjoy a, a big budget film, but I enjoy a movie that's able to, to really treat you with a lot of respect. And that's what I feel Nomadland did is it really it treated me almost as like, as, as not, not so much as I was watching it, as I was actually there sitting alongside Frances McDormand as she's, you know, listening to a lecture about how to take care of yourself on the road, or you feel like you're an actual fly on the wall as she's giving one of her fellow nomads a haircut. Just little things like this. I, I, that's why I think I connected with this movie so much. And it, it probably at this point, I'm going to have to rethink this, but it probably is my favorite movie of the year. So, yeah, loved Big it. Big words. Yeah, and and I, I'm I'm proud mm. of you, Brian. Oh, <laughs> you've grown. Oh, gee. <laughs> I'm gonna have to rethink this again because Invisible Man, which is at number one right now, that was pretty good too. But we'll see. 
Invisible Man was your number one? Interesting. Okay. Well, that's only because uh, the Snyder Cut isn't coming out until next that's year. That's true. That's true. <laughs> okay, Mike, uh, uh, yeah. let's throw it to you. What did you think? Is this uh, is this as good as Brian's hyping it up to be? It's definitely not my number one of the year, but it's in my top ten for sure. I, I really enjoyed the experience. Chloe has has become one hell of an interesting director, and she's she's able to make these movies uh, basically that that put you as a fly on the wall in these very very interesting uh, situations with interesting people and characters, and that's kind of what make uh, what makes Nomadland so special is is not necessarily Frances McDormand herself, even though she's great in the movie and gives a, a wonderful performance. It's all these actual real life people that she weaves into the narrative that feels so authentic and are so fascinating just either in their general appearance or their stories that they're telling or uh, just whatever they're lending to the movie. It feels so authentic and real that you can like, you, you genuinely feel like you're there experiencing it with them, which is a really special thing to behold even if you're sitting on your couch and I, you know, if I was in a darkened theater with this movie, it would be, I can't even imagine how intimate it would feel, but regardless, Francis knocked it out of the park, obviously, but really I was just blown away by the the real people that were telling their stories and, and some of the moments that they literally bared their souls just for, uh, I don't know if it was just Francis, Francis sitting there talking with, with them and and they can't happen to catch that or they were able to make them feel comfortable enough on on that that moment or whatever it was to to share that in front of a camera and even though they know it's there but generally you don't get that kind of thing from real people that haven't been in front of a camera much so either way this uh, fascinating stuff i i definitely put it in my top 10 but not nearly i'm not nearly as fascinated uh with this van culture as you guys tend to be uh i'm very much a homebody and i like my you know my space and have no really romantic feelings about getting out on the the open road in a in a vehicle of sorts that i would likely break down and i would have to fix and that does not sound like fun to me. <laughs> uh, but i believe francis mcdormand can do it so that's that's all the all the better for this movie but yeah great movie wonderful performances but really just a, a great ability to capture s- just the souls of people in front of them yeah, I think that if if there's anything – and it's crazy to say this about a movie that stars Frances McDormand and will almost assuredly lead to an Oscar nomination and, and trophies for, for this performance for her uh, – more trophies. She's already won Oscars in the past. It's crazy to think that in a movie like that, it's these other people that nobody has heard of unless you are immersed in van life. It, those people are the the reason that you are so moved by this movie and like yeah. you guys and i think brian said it this is you would you could take parts of this out of context and swear to god it's a documentary yeah. it's 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 that yeah. real and you know i i can't begin to pretend that i know exactly how this film was made but i have to assume that that chloe jaw was just putting a camera in front of these people and asking them to tell their stories because there's no way this could be scripted. The 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 emotion would give any professional actor a run for their money. I, there's one scene in particular towards the end. I'm not going to spoil it and, and who gives it, but it's a story 
that uh, somebody tells that's so deeply personal and tragic that it, it made me emotional. And to the point where, you know, you just have to to wonder, like, where's the line between fiction and reality in this movie? And 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 like Brian said, that could seem almost in the wrong hands. It could seem a little lazy, for lack of a better term, but this isn't lazy at all. This is a beautifully crafted film that just takes advantage yeah. of some of the best characters that just happen to be real life people. They don't even change their names in the movie. I, I did a little, you know, reading about the movie after I watched it because I was just so amazed by some of the characters. And and again, I say characters, but they're people. And Linda May, who is a constant source of of interaction with Frances McDormand throughout the movie, the the book that this movie's based on is based on Linda May's life. So the this is a a story that is just so universal and so interesting that I defy anybody, even like Mike said, he's not even into van life, has no romantic ideas of life on the open road, but you just can't help but get sucked into these very real stories. And I think the the thing that brings them all together is uh, sometimes it's tragedy, sometimes it's a desire to, to have this like alternative lifestyle, but really all it is is uh, a way to find a connection with uh, I guess yourself. I think that's kind of the point of the movie. There, there are scenes where Frances McDormand is just by herself. Um, she's not talking. It's, you know, she's just kind of living. And and those are super powerful. And it's a movie I definitely will revisit. It's a movie I'm going to to talk to people about for a long time and try to get them to uh, to watch because I think it is uh, illuminating in, in some really great ways. Uh, and yes, Mike, I like Brian. I am. Thoroughly obsessed with van life <laughs> uh, to the point. Question like told, for you guys. Yeah. Uh, David Strathairn. Do you think he was just living in a van and they found him and they're so, like, hey, you want to <laughs> be in this movie or is yeah. he just the only other actor in the movie? That's really interesting. So I uh, <laughs> watching this movie uh, and, and anybody who's a film fan and, and knows names and faces, you're immediately going to be like, OK, well, there's Francis McDormand and then a lot of people I've never seen until he comes on screen and you're like, oh, my God, you know. He's definitely an actor because he's he's given scripted role, scripted lines. He's he's definitely he's not playing himself, obviously. But funny enough, to to spoil just a little bit of the movie, you do meet his family and mm-hmm. his son in particular, and you look at him and you're like, that looks just like him. So I googled it, and it is his in fact son. And the story that the son gives in the movie, it, it seems to be based at least partly in reality. So even there, the lines between fiction and reality are blurred. So it's it's <laughs> you joke about you know him just living in a van, but there are parts of the the movie which I think are are actually real. Yeah, uh, they come across extremely authentic, and I didn't know that was his son, but that totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they looked so much alike. I'm like, either this is the casting of the century, or these guys share blood. <laughs> and it turns out that they, they they're uh, you know father son. As I was saying, I I, I'm thoroughly obsessed with van life and uh, my wife and I spent uh, months on the road this summer and we went to some of the places that were featured in this movie and they're just as beautiful and and I think uh, that is one of the things that Chloe Zhao does so well is she captures these these landscapes like Brian said that are are almost too beautiful to to get you know a picture to justify but somehow she gets it pretty spot on um, yeah which is which is incredible before we wrap up our nomad talk I want to talk awards because you know you can't watch a movie like this without thinking of oscars we're definitely going to see as i said francis mcdormand's going to get a nomination for her performance there's just no two two ways around that Mm -hmm. so moving past that uh 
where else do you think Nomadland is going to thrive award season? Are we looking at best director, best picture? You know, where are the categories this movie is going to shine? I think it deserves to be to be up there with best picture. I'm not sure it should win, just in my opinion, but I think it should definitely be nominated at the very least. Director, I don't know. It's hard to tell. <laughs> I and, and this is no slight at, at Chloe, but it's hard to tell what's being directed and what's just being captured, and and maybe that's the magic of it. Um, maybe she does deserve a nominee for that, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. It definitely best picture, or yeah, de- best picture, best actress. I'm not sure. Maybe best cinematography for sure. Yeah, I think cinematography is almost a given. Brian, what Agreed. do you think? Anything else? Oh, I, I second all of that. I, I can't think of any other outlying categories, but definitely those. I mean, I, I'd like to say that she's a shoo-in for, for actress, for best actress. Um, Absolutely. I mean, yeah, at least the nomination. I don't know if she's at least win. a nomination. Yeah. 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 The other categories, I have to agree with Mike. De- definitely. We'll see some nominations. Will it win? I don't know, but I, I would love to see McDormand take home the the statue again. So so here's the thing to, to bring light to the movie, because we've been talking pretty seriously about it. If for no other reason, they should give her a trophy because this is a woman that defecated in a, yes. a, a, a Home Depot bin <laughs> yeah. on yeah. camera. That's true. Yeah, it is like I, I, it's silly, but the scene is like it's masterful. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. It's a it's a pretty incredible scene. And you just watch it. And you're like, am I really watching Francis McDormand do this on screen? And you are. And you're just captivated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Either that or it's the best effects in the biz. <laughs> yeah. I Maybe that's where Chloe Zhao got a, Eternals is she figured out how to green screen inside of a van. But, and Kevin Feige went, hmm, interesting. There's something like here. It. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Get her in here. <laughs> next up, we have another Oscar contending film, Another Round, from tr- director Thomas Vinterberg. It's a movie that our own Greg Elwood thinks is going to be uh, guaranteed a Best International Film nomination. Uh, it's a Danish movie that tells the story of four teachers that are completely in a rut. Mads Mikkelsen leads the way as a history teacher that's lost his passion for teaching, lost the spark with his wife, and is completely disinterested in just about everything. That's when his friend recommends a radical new experiment where they'll maintain a certain amount of drunkenness throughout the day to see if their alcohol can improve their lives and make them happy again. As you might expect, some things go right, others go very, very bad. Mike, what are your thoughts on another round? Were you happy to see Mads Mikkelsen in a role that didn't require him killing anyone? (laughs) <laughs> i i mean i love pretty much anything mads mickelson does to be completely honest he makes a great villain in all the you know american franchises that he's in but i absolutely adored watching him be this raw and vulnerable and then charismatic and i mean he just kind of really has a whole rainbow of emotions that he is displaying in this film and some skills that you didn't know he had uh, especially at the end but but really the story is extremely unique yes you could absolutely see this being made and and kind of cringeworthy but the way it's approached you know for the four friends are are all kind of very fleshed out throughout the whole movie uh, and you get to know everybody, but but Mads just kind of dominates this movie with probably my, one of my favorite performances of the year, period, not, not 
foreign film wise, just in general, as this just like pathetic, grumpy old, you know, shell of a man uh, in the beginning. And then as the plot goes forward, you see him change and, and become, you know, this charismatic, awesome father, husband, teacher, as as they kind of test this theory and as it goes. But but it really kind of poses some really interesting questions when it comes to alcohol consumption. I know we're obsessed with it in this uh, state of Wisconsin, uh, as we're based in the Milwaukee area. But I will say, like, <laughs> I, I don't know how to, to, to really come at it without spoiling everything. But basically, you know, I, 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 can we just kind of mention the experiment that they go by? Yeah, well, I'll just say this is it, they start with the idea that they just need to drink one or two glasses of wine and just consistently be buzzed throughout the day and then not drink at night. And then from there, they see positive side effects and they decide to kind of up the dosage, so to speak. And and that's kind of where stuff goes off the rails. And and yeah, it's it's fascinating to watch like the experiment play out. And this is an actual like experiment or or hypothesis that someone had and and brought up and and kind of pursued but to see it played out in a like a dramatic film that's it's pretty interesting to to kind of watch Mads Mikkelsen like run the gamut as far as emotions go and absolutely kill it in the role of uh Martin but I, I loved it I was absolutely bonkers for this movie it's definitely in my top three i haven't really slotted it in quite yet yeah i i think this is one of the best films of the year for me and that's interesting because uh when i proposed this movie to you guys i i don't believe either one of you were super aware of what it was and and no i don't know i don't nope yeah and and to hear you rave about it it's it's quite something I, I mean, I, I try to get in a couple of at least some of the foreign films that are nominated every year, but I, I would be shocked if this wasn't nominated. This is a, a wonderful film. Great. So, Brian, uh, were you as enamored as Mike? Yeah, surprisingly, yes. I I mean, it's it's definitely Surprisingly, not... how? You always agree with Mike. It <laughs> <laughs> was a trick question. Oh, dear. Sucker! Oh, <laughs> no, okay. dear. Um, so, yeah, what did you think? No. You know, I, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I don't know where it's going to fall in my, again, in my top 10 <laughs> revisions. A quick sidebar, I almost put Sonic the Hedgehog in my top 10, okay? Like, Jesus Christ. I, what a year. Right? <laughs> well, to Another be fair, podcast. The, the highest grossing movie of 2020, after everything is all said and done in the U.S., will be Bad Boys for Life, so. Okay. All right. It's uh, depressing. Very well. <laughs> but, yeah, I... I, I've enjoyed Mads for the most part. I, I will say that I have not, haven't been completely on board with some of his, some of the roles he's done. Some Bite of the more your tongue, Brian. I'm just saying Dr. Strange is not, not my favorite, he but he was, he was, he was fine. <laughs> until but, this, I'm a huge Marvel fan. And until this moment, I completely forgot he was even in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, yes. Continue. But yeah, this one, I remember you told me about it. I, I knew very little about it. Reading the concept, I I just thought it would be maybe kind of this gimmicky film about, well, let's see what happens when we try this experiment. Part of me thought, is this going to be just some film that, that glamorizes alcohol, has these big alcohol scenes, much in the same way as a movie like Big Night or Chef glamorizes like the foodie culture? Is it going to be like a beer fest? I don't know. Oh, um boy. But wow. I, I, 
I so I went to this movie kind of, you know, really not sure what to ex- expect. Obviously, having literally just heard about it not long beforehand. But Mads is he, he is this film. Uh, yeah, th- there's a scene at the end that's just wonderful. It, it, I think in a way, this was kind of the movie I needed to see with regards to Mads. I've enjoyed, like I said, uh, him here and there. But this one, now I, I, I think I'm completely on board with, with Mads Mikkelsen. To the point where the concept, as you know, you hear the concept and, okay, that maybe sounds kind of silly. But that's at least the way I felt. To the point where I was, as soon as he took the screen, the movie really picked up speed picked up speed and I just became more and more engrossed as, as, as it went on, I am going to place so much the credit or give so much the credit to Mads Mikkelsen. Um, and I, I, I don't know if this is setting a strange precedent or, or setting a tone for what we can expect from films going forward. I, I don't think it's fair to say that two films are going to necessarily be representative of future output from the world of cinema, but these are two great examples of films, No Man Land and Another Round, where the star not just is the movie, but without them or with a different actor or actress in the role, it would have felt completely different. I, maybe this is the role that was made for him, for Mads Mikkelsen, I don't know, but he... He did what he could and then some. So I agree with Mike 100%. This is a unique film that somehow works, and it's all Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, yeah it, threads, so, it threads the needle of of being – it easily could have become hokey, yeah. but it really feels genuine the whole way through. And you yeah. really invest in the characters, That's not the only Mads, part. but his friends as well. Yes. Well, I went into this movie just like Brian. I um, Just to give you a, a little bit of insight on myself, I don't drink at all. And mm. when I come into a movie where I know drinking is the the main focus, I tend to to be a little disinterested just because I can't relate to anything. That's just kind of not how I am. So like Brian, uh, I came into this thinking like, oh, gosh, this has got like a gimmick, right? The, the hook is a gimmick. This is just going to be like a setup for some sort of hijinks involving teachers that are drunk. You know, I kept getting flashbacks to Cameron Diaz in that terrible movie. And, you know, <laughs> it's uh, – <laughs> You know, I just I would wow. again and then and and I guess like most American film fans, you watch Mad Mickelson as the villain in just about everything he's in. You're like, how is this guy going to be likable at all? Right. Are you <laughs> are you supposed to hate him? And you watch this movie and and there's a scene right at the beginning where where kind of the, the plot is laid out and it's at a, a birthday party. They're all sitting. It's not party. They're at a dinner, birthday dinner. They're all sitting at this restaurant and. They're they're kind of like kind of catching up with each other and and talking about life as you approach 40 and beyond. And Mads is just talking and and he starts to cry. And it's this like it's almost jarring if you're used mm-hmm. to seeing him as the villain to see him just emote so much. And then throughout Very the movie, much. it just sets the stage for what you're going to see you know, for the rest of the two hours. And, and it's great. And he just, like you said, he keeps upping his game every scene to the point where the last five minutes of this movie, I would argue are maybe the best final five minutes of a movie you're going to see all year. It's just, (laughs) it's beautiful. Like it's, it's a payoff that you don't see coming, but then when it happens, you're like, of course. And, and we're not spoiling anything. Mike's laughing because it, it, if if you were to tell me before the movie that this is the end, you know, and you spoiled it for me, I would laugh. But 
when you watch the the last uh scene of this movie it's just pure bliss like it's joy Mm -hmm. on screen and it's not oh it's not a scene if you watch mads mickelson and hannibal it's not a scene (laughs) that you're going to be expecting i'll just say that much uh overall and and to to illuminate just a little bit on on what mike or brian said about you know whether this was written for mads or not uh i don't know specifically but i do know that thomas vinterberg and and mads mickelson have worked together previously on a I, I think like three or four movies so it would not surprise me if this movie was not written specifically for him and good on the director of vinterberg for this because it's a it's a role that he just uh, that mickelson acts absolutely kills and yeah. and it's great and so we we kind of skirted around this where we're talking about because as three american you know dumbasses for lack of a better word right we (laughs) we watch our superhero (laughs) movies we drink our beer and we like to we we want explosions right like that's what we want our movies so this is not that movie uh this is a danish movie that is going to be nominated for oscars and it and i think what succeeds about it it, it, what's the best about this movie is that it rides this tone so well throughout the movie where you know it, it makes you laugh it makes you cry it makes you think and and that does sound kind of hokey but it works and it's not something you see in american cinema all that often so with that in mind mike i want to throw it to you imagine you're a hollywood <laughs> studio and you love to remake foreign films and and put that american spin on it as they do <laughs> yeah <laughs> what would the american version of another round look like and <laughs> who else other than adam sandler stars yeah of course it would be adam sandler starring uh only it wouldn't be like uh uncut gems adam sandler it would just no. be like straight up hubie halloween adam sandler yep uh, so, I mean, yeah, the the American version would it could have easily been this wacky screwball comedy where a bunch of friends just drink all the time and have a great time at work and you know, woo, and everybody's happy at the end, nothing bad happens, and that and that would absolutely be the American version. It would just be like the watered down uh, version that doesn't really get the tone that this thing rode so well. It, it, I guess you know if I were to cast it. And and it I I would when I was watching it I was absolutely playing this out in my head like oh man if they remake this in America it's just gonna be like uh, Vince Vaughn and the workaholics guys you know, just kind of <laughs> yeah drinking uh, their their brains out and and I like Vince Vaughn but uh, you know that he he did quite a few movies not so long ago where you know this would have been right down his alley if they made that American version so uh, yeah you yeah. can see this you could see an early 2000s version of this where it's mm-hmm. basically the cast of Wedding Crashers but in yeah. another round yeah. and Oh, man, that would just miss the point. And sadly, I, I think that's where we're going. So, Brian, uh, you love to fantasy cast. So <laughs> your WB or whoever buys the rights for this movie, who you uh, who you making the, the blockbuster money with? Let's say TriStar um, comes to you. Yes, TriStar. TriStar. <laughs> I mean, if, if TriStar came to me, uh, I would probably want to throw some of those TriStar funds at Bill Hader and get him in the lead role. Um, See, that's too good. That's too good. He would be a good cast. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's way too smart for a studio. Come on. I I just feel like, man, the the tone of this film is very, it is very European. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't don't know. Like I, yeah, it would be very easy to turn this into some sort of a, 
I guess for lack of a better word, screwball comedy, but, but man, that would just be a, that'd be devastating. (laughs) It really would. And I think there, we joke about the fact that, you know, American studios ruin these international (laughs) movies and we could talk, you know, we could just laundry list them, right? Like old boys, (laughs) one that immediately comes to mind. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure there's a a million others. We write about them kind of quite often on the site, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where this is a European uh, sensibility movie, right? They, they talk about drinking as a matter-of-fact thing. The the kids in high school, they or the high school equivalent, they are, you know, that's what they do. They drink all the time, and it's just kind of an accepted thing. It's, you know, and and it, and to say that uh, an American version would be able to capture that nuance is is just kind of a pipe dream. I just don't think it exists. And <laughs> unfortunately, it would take away from this. And, you know, it's it's yeah. a, it, another thing, uh, speaking of 2020 movies where I think of a terrible American remakes, I, I think of this as the same way as I think of uh, Downhill and Force Majeure. Uh, <laughs> That's another movie that is built on tone, right? Like mm-hmm. Force Majeure is, is a movie that if you just don't get that tone, you can go way off course. And and Downhill is a, a peek into what might be coming on the podcast. Downhill is a movie that completely misses the mark on tone. And I think that, uh, you know, if you want to watch a quality version of another round, watch this version before Hollywood ruins it. As, yes. as <laughs> definitely. Uh, and I will admit, I, I stopped the movie in the middle of it while they were at their peak and went and got a beer. I absolutely did. And. <laughs> I, if you are like and if you do have an addictive personality or maybe, uh, you know, you don't want to be drinking right now, I wouldn't recommend watching this movie. So uh, that's no. interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because I was watching this and and again, coming into it, I was thinking like, oh, my gosh, you know, this is just going to be all about drinking. And every time they drink, it's not they're not just like pounding brewskis like bros or something. They're drinking like. No high class alcohol and it does make it seem really cool and there's one scene in particular where they're making i forget what the the drink is called but it includes like absinthe and you know just mm-hmm. fancy stuff and and you watch it and you're like well that does kind of look like fun I, again i don't drink so i mm-hmm. i have no basis to compare that to but it is a movie that i could see you know like like a foodie movie to uh to somebody who likes to eat good food this is this is gonna tickle that bone as well you know yeah that's very interesting, Charles, because like I, I, I felt, yeah, Mike, I felt that same way, you know, watching this movie. I almost felt like back in the day when I first saw Super Size Me, this anti-fast food film, I remember watching that for the first time and really craving fast food. So I felt that same way watching this movie that, you know, I really could go for just a, a nice uh, a nice cocktail right about now. Like that, that it it's very unusual how it how it does that to you so yeah and yeah it doesn't necessarily more. i mean it, it does show the dangers of it of alcoholism but yeah. it also doesn't necessarily say don't you know don't drink right in america maybe a controversial move for for a movie to to make yes it, at, at best they say you know everything in moderation well, I think, I, I, I think yeah. you know, not to, to spoil anything, because I, I don't think this is a spoiler at all, but I think the theme of the movie is, you know, finding joy in your life. You know, for some people, and their hypothesis is to find joy at a certain age, you need to have alcohol, right? Like it, it you know, numbs you a little bit to your anxiety, it heightens other feelings, and, and you can really kind of live. 
And and I think the moral of the story is that, you know, however you need to live, do it safely, first and foremost, but also, you know, like capture that. And and I again, to bring it back to what an American version of this movie might look like, that's that is a kind of a, a dangerous thing to say. Right. Like it doesn't wrap up in a, you know, after school special moment. There's no like there's no don't drink kids. Right. No. There's you know, there are consequences consequences mm-hmm. are very real and and earned <laughs> but yeah. they they don't feel preachy at all and and no. and there's a point in the movie where you think like oh they are about to preach to me i see where this is going and then they just never do yeah which and it and it works yeah like i never felt like ooh they misstepped there i mean i i thought it was great i really 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 like this movie yeah, I, I, similar to what we talked about with Nomadland, I want to bring it back to awards. I think without a doubt, this is going to get a Best International Feature nomination for an Oscar. But I think this is also a movie where you might see Mads Mikkelsen sneak in there in a Best Actor scenario. Is that something you guys think could happen? You know, remember oh, yeah. this is a, this is a year that might have like a Tom Hanks movie and stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the, I mean. I before last year, I would have said absolutely not. There's no way a foreign film could really break in. But then Parasite came in and kind of broke that mold. So you never know. Yeah. Uh, another round could step in and, and be nominated for, you know, best feature or best director or best actor, whatever it is. I just don't know if that's possible. Mm-hmm. I think it's des- it's deserving of it. I, yeah. I absolutely love the movie. I love Mads Mikkelsen's performance. So, yeah, I, I'm all for it. If this could get, you know, more exposure through that, then absolutely. I th- I think kind of like Parasite, uh, and again, these movies are completely different, but like Parasite, it's a thoroughly entertaining and watchable movie. Like this is a movie that you could just kind of throw on for just about anybody who's willing to read subtitles and they're going to be, <laughs> you know, thoroughly captivated. Yeah. What do yep. you think, Brian? Yeah, I, I agree too. I, I just... I think that's so I felt this way about a number of films this year that I just at the very, very least hope it gets more exposure. I mean, yeah, best international film. Sure. That that could very easily see that the bigger award noms. I, I don't know. Uh, you got to make like for Sonic the Hedgehog. That's yeah, right. Yeah. I, I, Thank yeah. God for this movie. If for nothing else, <laughs> we should write to Thomas Fenderberg and say that your movie kicked Sonic the Hedgehog out of Brian's top 10 list. <laughs> Mission 100% true. Oh, that's wonderful. And with that, I think it's time to put a bow on this episode of the Playlist Podcast. Any parting thoughts about these movies, gentlemen? Mike? Uh, see them both, if at all possible. I know uh, Nomadland may be a little more reachable for, for some of you, um, you know, but it, it, another round I would absolutely search out as soon as it's available. I know it's not going wide for quite a while, but. I, I can only hope that it's going to uh, only, you know, amp up as far as the conversation around it goes. So, yeah, I really hope that that both of them get enough conversation to keep them going through through Oscar season. And, and I'm sure they will. Uh, at least Nomadland, it seems to be kind of a shoe in. Um, so, yeah, uh, see them both over and over. Yeah, and and just to interject there, Nomadland and Another Round are both getting very limited releases this mm-hmm. weekend. I think it's going to be difficult just in the current state of theaters right now to see either of them in in a local, you know, cinema. But definitely seek them out. I think 
I think a wider release of Nomadland is going to be coming probably January or February uh, before the Oscar nominations, of course. So, you know, if you can't see them now, don't fret. They're coming. But uh, definitely put these on your, your list. Brian, any parting thoughts? See both movies and see them in an undistracted setting. You know, just just give them give them your undivided attention. They both deserve it. There's a lot of care in these films. And uh, I, I wouldn't say that about, say, your Sonic the Hedgehog, which you could easily watch while you're vacuuming. Watch these movies and just just take them for what they are, which are really pieces of art. OK, well, thanks for uh, joining me, Mike and Brian. And thanks at home for listening. And if you enjoyed this discussion, check out the rest of the Playlist Podcast Network and come back next week when we're going to even talk more nonsense like Sonic the Hedgehog. So have a good day. <laughs> Bye. And for the Playlist Podcast, we'll see you later.